You're listening to the Imaging Resource Podcast. This week, Apple announced new Macs, iPads, and operating systems. Affinity Photo has a full-fledged app for the iPad. And Canon has announced a new cinema camera, the C200. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jaron Schneider, and I'm joined by, as always, Karaminder Guman. Hello! He's a portrait photographer, headshot crew mentor, and Leica Academy instructor. I'm just going to keep saying... That's me! I'm just going to keep saying all of your accolades. I'm just going to cut mine out from here on out. I'm just Aww. I'm just a guy. Just a guy with a microphone. Hey, you are, but you are the guy. <laughs> all right, so this week we have three major pieces of news to cover. One of these pieces of news is actually like ten pieces of news inside of itself. But I don't want to go too deep because I know many of our listeners are probably not super interested in Apple. They're probably PC users, so I, I get that. I respect that. Are you serious? Do we have like a little uh, like analytics to say that that's true? Or we no, just I just assume that, you know, Apple is not the ubiquitous uh, artist's platform that it once was. So um, stuff like this, especially in recent years, has been, you know, kind of a from a lot of people. However, I personally, I'm an Apple guy, but I personally have felt sort of so underwhelmed. Yeah, so are you. I've been sort of underwhelmed by Apple in the recent years, but I actually was pleasantly surprised this last WWDC. Oh, I had to change my pants. <laughs> you are way more of a fanboy than I am. Like, oh, yes, you'll I fanboy am. hard. I sit here with some, like, you know, true, real emotion that I hide through some logic. And the, my logic... I hear you. Logic in recent years, like the the MacBook Pro, the previous one, the, with the touch bar, the one that I'm currently using to record this podcast, uh, is underwhelming. And we've had problems with on staff uh, with some of these machines with battery life and with the sort of uselessness of the touch bar. But now we're moving forward and we have some stuff to talk about with what they uh, what they did at WWDC, which I actually accepted a bet from um, Dave Eschels, the publisher. Well, what kind of bet was that, Jerry? The publisher of Image Resource. I bet him that they would not announce new Mac, uh, uh, MacBooks specifically. I bet him that there would be no MacBook announcements at this. And I felt very confident that I was going to be right. Spoiler alert, you lost the bet. I lost the bet. I owe him a drink. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is, it's like they're technically new. They're not really No, they're new, not new designs. But they're technically upgrades, so I'm going to let them yeah, have Yeah, they are upgrades. They're using the KB Lake processors. I don't know what that means. I think PC people know what that means more than I do. Uh, it's just their, but, it's, uh, their, their late, it's like the most newestest latest iter- iteration newestest of uh yes yeah it's of their uh, of their platform so of uh, their processor well, so it's like the i think it's basically what they wanted to see in the, in the the ones that were announced last uh last year that spoiler i am ordering this new macbook pro because i need it because i'm on a mid i think 2014 and it's about that time i should upgrade yeah yeah i think yeah. that's what i was using um and it mine mine is definitely like dead so i had to get a new one and it's nice oh mine's not dead mine's great but uh i just want great er anyway let's get to what they announced we'll do some quick uh summaries of stuff aside from uh, mm-hmm. let's let's do this i do want to talk a little bit about the benefits to us photographers with mac os updates okay i'll, I'll take that okay spe- you be- and you and this is for you too all right be specific specifically they touched upon in the keynote about how they're now they switch the windows server like the windows server is what you see all the um the finder windows and all that is now uh, running 
via the graphics power of the processor in High Sierra. High Sierra is the name of the newest operating system that Apple will be putting out for free later this year, about September, I, I guess. But that's it. That's good news because then that means as we switch windows, as we multitask around, instead of that be handle, being handled by the processor, it's going to be handled by the graphics card. That's an improvement, right? Uh, you know what? I actually don't know enough about how this stuff works to say whether or not that that's an improvement. I don't know. Should it be? Yeah, I think so because um, they put up a graph showing how much uh, graphics power has, like you know, like almost like a hockey stick of how much power graphics cards have gotten last few years. They didn't compare it to um, CPUs, you know, like the ice, the Core i7s, and that kind of the main brain of the computer. But I assume if they're putting that up there, it's just that there's more growth. There has been more growth in graphics, and so we're going to use more of that power, which is where we see things like. Um, what do you call it, Jen, when you're in Final Cut Pro or even Premiere, and it uses the graphics processor to do either the rendering or the processing of your video? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't remember what that's called. But but that's a thing. That's what that's a thing where you know you de- you generally want a beefy graphics card. Now I've been paying attention to the Hackintosh community as of late because I like you have been a little bit starving for a a power Mac, if you will. Uh, a Mac Pro. Oh, um, you mean yes, like the iMac Pro? No, no, no. Well, the iMac Pro is actually, I think, a really. I think it's really cool. I think it's really interesting. Which, by the way, if, um, if you didn't know, that was actually also um, semi-announced. They they revealed that they didn't go into very many details as much as people would like, but they announced that they are making a iMac that will sort of bridge the gap for people who wanted a new Mac Pro. Or who might want a new Mac Pro, but they don't have a new Mac Pro, so they have an, a new iMac Pro. I know a lot of professional <clears throat> photographers who use an iMac for their for everything that they do. Uh, um, my buddy Peter Hurley, uh, um, my buddy Jerry Schneider. Yeah, I do that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now you guys can use his iMac Pro, aka I'm gonna give it a nickname, Jaren. the badass iMac. Yeah, it looks because it, it's it's loaded. Um, it's like what if an iMac wore a leather jacket? This would be that iMac. <laughs> I think they said that you. It, I mean, it, it, the base is, it is in space gray. Eight. It's in space gray. An eight core Xeon processor, but you can get it with a mm-hmm. ten core Xeon processor. But if you're like super hardcore legit, you can also get it with an eighteen core Xeon processor. Yes. 18, that's ridiculous. Yeah, with a Radeon Vega graphics card from AMD with a totally new GPU core. I just like that it's named after a Street Fighter character. I think that's badass. And the next one, hopefully, is a Radeon M. Bison. That's <laughs> even more kick-ass. Uh, That'd be really cool. What I thought was interesting, talking about VR a lot. VR and AR. And they wanted yeah. to make sure their computers could handle VR. They specifically were like, can this process such and such vr um and they said that multiple times when they were looking at their computers so um i still think vr has a ways to go but apparently apple thinks that that there's enough reason to start doing stuff with it because you never heard them talk about 3d television processing 3d video footage but they're talking a lot about vr so yeah you can edit vr in final cut that's that's one thing they specifically talked about now I was at South by Southwest this year. There was a lot of VR, AR talks. I attended a couple of them, and some people beside me were like, "Oh my god, it's the like the grand godfather of VR up there talking." I'm like, I don't know who this is. I don't know what's going on, but there's a lot of talk about it. And I tried to sit in to watch, and they specifically cited specific projects that were kind of you know great, say tech demo, but they're, they're you know just how to make VR more compelling with storytelling. Um, and it just seems like 
I also attended the Gary Vaynerchuk um, talk as well, and, it, and it's very clear that you know I'm with him. You know, there's no attention yet on VR, meaning we can't really. There's some products out there, like I know PS4 has the their VR, um, Oculus has it for the PC, but I think VR is a great. Not, the word is not benchmark, but like a standard of does your computer have enough power to run it? That's kind of a standard. Like that's kind of a a minimum, if you will. And the whole point, I think, of Apple saying this is that, yes, it is, and here you go, and this is what we have for you. Yeah, yeah. they did it a couple times. Several of their machines look like they're going to have that power. Um, yeah, and that's fantastic news because it's kind of almost like the forefront. Like, I just feel like Apple's back on, like, cutting edge, or at least they're, they're trying, stating and showing so. Why don't you... Uh Tell me what you thought about the both in macOS and iOS that were beneficial okay, so, to photographers. So the biggest thing about Sierra, High Sierra, is of course um, the graphics power, the graphics engine being used more for OS operations. But also they they had shades of Aperture, the old uh, Apple Pro software uh, of uh, things to change and things to edit in the new Photos app, which made me realize, you know. We all take photos with our iPhones, but I do not import those photos into Lightroom unless it's Lightroom Mobile. That's then I'm, well, that's an exception because I take the photo in Lightroom Mobile, which gives me raw processing and HDR, which I quite like. I like the photos that uh, I post from there. But uh, no, no, when I um, take them with a regular camera app, when I'm taking selfies, uh, well, you know me, selfies. Uh, I want an app to manage it, and and I do like Apple system of their photos app um, being able to tweak those files and in that kind of ecosystem and then anything with that i shoot with my camera that's legit and professional that goes to light they sort of you could see it if you're watching for it but they sort of glazed over it rather quickly they mentioned the uh curves adjustments and they made right. they made that sound like super sweet and anyone who's a photographer is like oh wow you've got curves again where have those been since that's standard and then they also highlighted the second feature was uh, selective color, which to my response was, Ugh. yeah. But <laughs> I guess people, uh, it's those apps, of course, are geared towards consumers. Oh, we're, of course, we're, we're all consumers, of course. And I know where this is a more of a pro show. We talk more about specs and stuff. Um, but I think those things are very good. And I'm trying to think. Um, you know, we've had. You know, Jared, I was thinking about the the new iPads release that they come in 512 gigabytes of space now. And I think that's realistic for me to go shooting and then back up, take my SD card, get an SD to lightning adapter from Apple, plug it in, back up my files, which now, great thing is my cameras shoot raw DNG, right? So the standard DNG that an uh, iOS can read. I'm not sure about the whole Nikon and Canon, if that can be read by... Uh, by an iPad, by iOS, but the but iOS being able to read raw files has been in you know for I think this last iteration, if not one before, and certain apps can read that. Like I think specifically Lightroom Mobile can. Uh, I I want to say Affinity Photo can. I don't know. That's we're gonna talk about that. Up yeah, we're gonna soon, talk right? about Affinity Photo. But the point is, Jaren, that an iPad running with r- running with that much space can be your own photo studio. And I've heard other YouTubers like uh, Tony Nothrup and Chelsea. That you know specifically, they tra- like to travel light, and and one of the things that they do to travel light is just traveling iOS only. You know that would be super well. handy uh, if we're. Gonna, I mean, we're definitely gonna touch on this in a sec, but the affinity photo thing, like if you could actually do everything on on those on the iPad, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Uh, we're getting close now. Affinity is probably gonna push Adobe to do it. 
um, which is, <laughs> wow, yeah, what, about time. What, a, what a weird paradigm to be in. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand wanting to do that. Like I tried to, when I first got the iPad pro to do stuff on it. And basically the only thing I use the iPad pro for now is like watching content. I don't use it for, I know you do that. It frustrates me because I use, I use my iPad pro. I've had an iPad pro since it kind of came out. I use that as my mini, like not Palm pilot, but like my mini, I sold my MacBook Air 11 inch to replace it. And I love it that I do all my email. You can do and that. this whole, like, and now with the new features that are out in the, in the latest OS update, for it where i get to do drag and drop between things um one big thing jaren is the pencil before you you couldn't use it for ui elements meaning tapping on apps to open now you can I find that weird that i think they, that, they didn't have that to begin with but they got it now so what that means as well is that we can you I, I feel like it's more of a pro definitely a pro computer like it's very different from its regular ipad counterpart and i feel like it's much more of a legitimate professional platform that professionals can use like on the go uh, uh, i didn't catch I if the ipads were haptic are they do they have the haptic touch on them the new no. ones so um no i don't think so. my no. question is these are kind of going to be compared to the surfaces surface products right. and the surface pen for example can understand how hard you're pushing and at what angle you're pushing and yeah the ipad can do, it can do i mean the smart pet that's been able to be done uh i believe so i'm pretty sure because that's how that's how apps like oh god i can't remember but there's one app that the angle of your pen varies what the style of like i don't know if it's a watercolor brush or something like that how it would affect it and also pressure i think it would be um, an interesting test if you, if they do work like like that which one does it better but the only problem is i, I the only program i'm going to be able to test that in is affinity because you get affinity right. for, for windows which works and you get affinity for the ipad which i promise we'll get to in a second which works yes, we will. and those two can actually talk to each other um, yes anyway but even bigger hold on Jen, even bigger is we have a revolutionary new app called wait for it files that means that we have file management because that's the biggest thing is like, yeah, you back up photos, but what about file management of seeing where things are yeah, in your iPad? Yeah. You can now manage your own files. Yeah, that sounds sort of, really geeky, that sort of makes it like a, a huge computer. thing. I find, I, find it, yes. I find it funny that that's like exciting that you can use yeah, your iPad know, like a exciting. computer. Well, two things we should get excited over, Jaren. <laughs> like a file manager and drag and drop. Yeah. Oh, boy. Which is like, like, you know, which is like the first Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, just 19, 1984 all over again. They did something else cool that I thought was uh, interesting to note. Well, I don't know if it's cool yet, but no one was supporting H.265. Like, until now! Until Apple finally is now supporting it, which means... Yes, Apple's on... And I'm glad about that because we. I think we talked about a little bit about... I think privately we talked about what things... Um, I remember that ill-fated Samsung camera it's shot 4K shot in, in H.265. And you had yes. to convert it with like janky conversion software to even look and at now your footage. Probably, we don't need to convert anymore no. because High Sierra supports that natively. Right, except, you know, they Our, don't exist anymore either. Yeah, and the latest <laughs> iOS uh, will... I know they don't exist. But the latest iOS will also um, use that as a recording standard for 4K and save, I think he said, 40% off the regular file size of H.264. Beyond that, they're dropping JPEG. That's right. What are they using now instead? They're, They're using, using uh, HEIF, which is yeah. That's right. T- what does that mean? Uh, it it's I can't remember what that stands for, but it's 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 akin to the HEVC compression they use for video, and so it's basically two times better compression. So basically, forty to fifty percent smaller files without losing quality. So I want to be able to convert my entire previous iCloud photo library into that if I can. I would love I'm to sure do that. I don't know if it's possible, that. but. 
that's neat because they're also promising that you'll that there's compatibility across other devices. That's what I took to mean. Like you're still going to be able to send pictures to someone with an Android phone. So is your is the iPhone then going to convert it to JPEG in the background and then send it? Perhaps so because um, iPhones already do that when you do send um, pictures uh, back and forth or even movie files. It it compresses it to make it smaller. Oh yeah, it definitely compresses uh, it travel. for sure. And they still look pretty yeah. good. But the last thing I want to say about Apple is I was relatively impressed with how much they had to show. You could tell that they were rushing to get through mm-hmm. everything because they mm-hmm. had so much con- I, I thought it was going to be an hour keynote. It was a two-hour keynote. Two and a half. Two and a half oh, hours. kept going. I had, to, I had to go no Typically, equipment. it's two hours, but there was... Um, I remember reading on Twitter, somebody said, hey, we got a heads up that the show is going to be a little bit longer today than usual, which means typically WWDC is two hours or so. Um, yeah, I went to two and a half. And that whole half hour was, last half hour was for the HomePod. Okay, so moving to what came out later that day, uh, Serif, who makes the Affinity line of products, uh, announced that Affinity Photo, which is a really good program that competes with Photoshop, that can open Photoshop documents, that can save to any file type that you're used to saving to with Photoshop, uh, but isn't Photoshop, uh, announced that they have a fully featured touch-enabled photo editing application that is essentially their entire computer program on iPad that will sync with any version of itself on any other computer, including history. So you can have everything truly mobile. This is the kind of the vision that Adobe sort of tried to promise us with like the Lightroom and photoshop workflows that just simply do not work to do the way they say that you should do them because their applications are dramatically underpowered like you can't photoshop mix yeah you can't use their their suite of bad apps to do really any real work on mobile you cannot do it uh it's Mm -hmm. especially the case for video video is hilariously terrible with premiere clip it's awful oh yeah you mentioned that i I have bagged on premiere clip for it's almost three years now. They've done nothing to it. I'm going to continue to bag on it until they fix it. But I think the only good Adobe program, by the way, is Spark. I saw I got a demo of that or yeah. South by Southwest and uh, and how they used it. And I thought, wow, this is really great for social media. But continue. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about what Serif uh, unveiled. Here's what they promised. They've optimized it for iPad, which has multi-touch UI. It is Metal, which is the Apple. Uh, it's like the Apple processing software, right? Caraminder? It's it's how you can get uh, when you need access to the graphics power, how you can get to the metal, meaning that there's no like abstraction layer in between, like an OS layer in between the hardware. It basically just allows for faster graphics right. processing. It's an Apple thing that they, they you work with the app with the developers mm-hmm. to fully access the power of whatever your device you're on. So it's metal mm-hmm. accelerated. It has intuitive Apple Pencil support and full iCloud drive integration. It has a complete suite of retouching tools, including dodge, burn, clone, patching, blemish removal, red eye tools, and a because of the pen, accurate paint brushing along full frequency separation capability. It has non-destructive adjustment tools. It is the uh, Affinity Photos selection refinement algorithm, so you can make selections even down to individual strands of hair extremely easily. Great demo, by the way, on that. Great demo. Uh, they have comprehensive liquify workspace. They have real-time effects, including lighting, blurs, distortions, tilt, shift, shadows, glows, all that stuff. Comprehensive raw editing. 
develop camera raw files in a dedicated built-in workspace so that if you've never used uh, Affinity Photo before, the way that you do raws in Affinity is a little different than you're used to them probably in, in ACR. In ACR, you get that window that pops up. Yeah. Uh, in Affinity, it doesn't look like it's changed. You're basically in one workspace from raw through everything. Uh, wow. Which is better, I think, because there's a I think so too. You can do a lot in ACR, but most people skip it and move straight to JPEG. They just do the basic adjustments and then hit open. Which is why I like Lightroom because that's that's what it is basically. You basically you don't have to go through that conversion process. Um, but you know the biggest thing you're missing out, Jerry, ah, what, what is they demonstrated how much faster with an iPad is running their software than a desktop. Really, doing the same? They're, yeah. They're, oh yeah. So their iPad is faster than working on a desktop. Yeah, because the, I guess it's just less cruft or whatever, but they're just able to... And we've always heard this, or at least I have, that the um, these ARM processors that Apple makes, these system-mounted chips, uh, I think the A9X or A10X is in the new iPad, I believe. And um, it's just it's just kick-ass fast. Like, you know, I think they, they do Geekbench uh, scores, be, uh, benchmarks on um, iPad, and it's competing or kicking butt of the lower-end uh, MacBook laptops. And so there's always this rumor or talk about Apple making a laptop with an iPad chip in it or like an A10 mm. chip in it or A10X mm. um, to, you know, there's always been that talk, but it hasn't come to fruition yet. We're all, all of our laptops are, or machines are Intel based, not ARMS based yet. The last couple things on this I want to mention before I get to something yeah. cool that you probably don't know, Karamander. Tell me more. Is that uh, besides doing working in any color space and having 32-bit color channel editing and you know HDR merging and all that, and the fact that it's going to be 30 bucks uh, at, the, by, at the end of the month, it's 20 bucks now. It's so cheap. Mm-hmm. One-time purchase. So almost immediately, Jeremy Gray of Imaging Resource downloaded and installed this on his iPad Pro and started editing a 50 megapixel Fuji medium format file on his iPad and successfully. And so he's, so you tell me he's happy. Yeah. Just process that. He put I know, that's amazing, a bunch right? of 50 megapixel full resolution on an iPad. Well, I believe and it. was editing well, in it. an airport on his way to Yellowstone. Can I ask how did he get the file from wherever it was to into the That's iPad? That's a good was question. A memory he, he ca- memory card a memory into card. a reader. Well, that to me is crazy. He said that he had two crashes during it to to get this happen, and I think that happens for a couple reasons. One, he's running it on the older iPad, not the new one. Mm-hmm. That they uh, iPad Pro or iPad iPad Pro. Okay, nine uh, ten inch or twelve. That's uh, a good question. I didn't ask him. I think it's probably the larger one. Doesn't matter. And yeah. uh, also, I'm pretty sure Affinity didn't in- intend for that to be the type of photo you're going to edit on your iPad. Like, that's not the most common. They probably were working within the 20 to 40 megapixel range for most of their users, <sighs> assuming that probably, that's what they're going to yeah. get. So I'm not surprised it crashed. Uh, I'm sure that they will get out. They'll notice that that's happening. As soon as any app crashes, it sends a... If they've done this right, which I'm sure they have, it sends the developer a note about the crash. And if it happens repeatedly, they'll see repeated notes and they know why it's crashing. That's how they make bug fixes. So by it crashing for Jeremy, the, he's helping the developers realize that they can what they need to fix. So that he said, other than it being, he said it was slightly slow, but not terrible, which again is probably due to the fact it was a massive file he was editing, a massive mm-hmm. raw file on yeah, an iPad. Medium format. 
on an iPad right. with fully featured editing. That's cr- that's it makes me really happy it's that somebody jam. did it. It's the future, and I'm sort yeah. of upset it wasn't Adobe. Yeah, I don't know why Adobe's. Um, I don't know I don't why know they're, they're... they don't want to. It seems like, and I, it may actually be. And this was sort of a, a turn in the way that I, I noticed um, the guy, the CEO, his mentality. A couple years ago at Adobe Max, they started putting a lot of emphasis on Windows and a lot of emphasis on the Surface. Yeah, products. Surface stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. They, so they, they became probably like... are looking more in that direction. And even though they do support iOS users and Mac OS users, I think the that Microsoft and um, money are pushing Adobe to focus in other areas. And that's a that's a disappointment. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Because Microsoft is really talks, right? trying, they're trying to be the artist's choice. Um, and they're getting pretty good at it. But if there's, if products like this existed uh, a year ago, I don't know that we would be caring that much about the Surface because we'd have fully featured Photoshop on our iPads. Like, why would we want a Surface then? That's right. So anyway, really proud of Affinity for doing this. Uh, it's a, it looks really sweet. We are going to have a full review of that. Uh, I have no doubt Jeremy's going to keep using it uh, while he's on the road. So we'll we'll hear from him soon. All right. Last thing. You ready? Anything else? This is actually not the last thing, but there's more. Second to last talk thing. About, but yeah. Last, last news yes. item. Uh, last but, it's rela- but the two are related because I think the two are very interesting. Oh, true. All right. So the last news item to talk about today is the Canon C200, which was announced the day after we recorded our last podcast. And if you listen to the last podcast, I said there's something interesting you might want to see while you're down in L.A., Karamender. If you can go check out the C200, is what I was thinking. So for video shooters, this camera has a lot going for it, um, especially for video shooters who like Canon. Uh, it shoots. Uh, gee, I wonder which one of us is that, Jerry? Uh, me. So, but I still, I, I still maintain a level head. There are some Canon fanboys who don't do that, who will just reach out and buy something immediately. What this thing does really cool is that it shoots 4K at 60p, and it does so in canon raw so it'll do that's that's crazy that's you need a ton of uh, speed for that and the and the processing power is is got to be high but 4k 60p raw so you edit this in any number of raw profile editors like davinci resolve is coming uh, avid and um, premiere pro they're all going to support it at some point and then you they are also supporting mp4 which is nice because their DSLRs don't, sh- they don't do that. I don't think, I think they're MOVs, mm-hmm. uh, motion JPEG, which is a, just a really bulky file. MP4 is much better. Um, it'll shoot 4k. It, the, the, that 4k 60 P it will also shoot 4k 30, 25 and 24. And it'll do that at 12 bit. But, 12 bit. Now that's huge. That's a big number. Yeah. That's the number that I don't hear branded out a lot, a lot about. And, uh, and actually until you said it, I didn't even know yeah. that it did that. Here's the thing, Caremender. What's up, bro? You have to shoot 4K. If you want 4K 60p in anything above 8-bit, you have to shoot in RAW. They don't offer 4K 60p 10 or 12-bit in MP4. Well, is it just a limitation? Is I don't know. A... This is what's baffling about this camera. And hmm. this is, the, this is the, the one sticking point for people who like to shoot like this if you're gonna shoot in 4k you're probably gonna want to shoot in raw okay so here the typical video guy you're gonna want to shoot in mm-hmm. 4k about 50 percent of the time at most 
of that 50% of the time shooting in 4K, you're going to want to shoot in 4K raw 10% of that, 5%. You've got to be shooting something Mm. very specific to want to be able to go through that processing of processing raw. That is a pain in the butt. So it's 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 really weird. If you're not going to shoot 8-bit, your only real choice is raw. That is peculiar. And this is recording to what kind of media again? Dre? CFast. CFast, right? CFast. CFast. Yeah. Which is not cheap. No, it's not. Now, now I, you know I said this is the second to the last because there's another manufacturer that we are friends with as well that Oh yeah, the Panasonic, Panasonic. EVA1. The camera that also was introduced around this time or on that same day, I think. And it's a surprisingly a similar Super 35 sensor, just like the C200. Canon EF mount, just like the C200. Um, 4K 60p. But it doesn't do 4K 60p. 2K up to 240fps, which outpaces what the C200 can yep. do. It has dual native ISO, which we don't even know what that means yet. <laughs> Apparently two native ISOs uh, is what they call it. Um, and it records at 5.7K and in a future update, Five points. Raw output How does it shoot? What is it shooting? Five point seven two. It's a. It did. It, they did the math, and apparently, I, I read this. I watched uh, Eric Nasso from New Shooter did an interview with uh, one of the gentlemen from Parasonic who had a Veracam logo on his polo, and apparently, they did the math and said that five point seven K is just the right amount of, like, when you shrink it down for four K, that it still looks good. That there's a lot of color information that it looks really good. Oh, and that's how so they it's, it's a five point K sensor, but it doesn't shoot in, in five point seven K. It shoots in four K. Uh, well, I'm looking at this little the uh, thing from Panasonic. Uh, it's under eight grand. It's going to be available in the fall, but it does say fi- in words. It says 5.7K raw output future update. Yeah, so you're probably going to need okay because this is recording to an SD card. So you're going to definitely need Correct. an external SD recorder. card is also because to yeah to, probably that's, that's going to be absurd. Raw output. It's raw output. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, it, uh, with included V log and V gamut. By the way, to, if we're going to go talk about log, the C200 has two types of log. It has Canon log two and original Canon log. Um, so you got that. Oh, it's a sequel. Um, yeah. And I think if you force people to, even people who don't like Canon, they will agree that C log is better than V log. But Jaren, okay, from a, I'm a numpty when it comes to this, and you're more video guy than I am. So legit question because I have no idea. Does does shooting log matter if you are shooting raw? No. Okay, so log is really just for compressed formats. Log is just um, for so that's what's weird is log would be great if looking at the specs on the Panasonic log on the Canon makes very little sense because you're only an eight bit. To get the mm-hmm. best out of log, you're going to want to be ten or twelve. So it's that's super. Correct, it's just yeah. so weird. Like ah, Canon, it's a strangling. I still want this camera, but <laughs> I'm actually really, I actually really like the uh, the Panasonic camera. I kind of, I kind of do wish we had a different mount, but I don't know what other mount they could have gone with for Super Thirty Five. Super Thirty Five is bigger than what they normally make in a GH Five as well. Yeah, much it is. And it's, yeah, it's an EF mount. But looking at these two cameras, both of them yes, look very these sexy. These two like are very, yeah, they're very sexy. They're around the same price point. I think seven and a half, seven and a half grand for the C two hundred, and Panasonic doesn't have pricing up, but they less say than, under less eight. than eight, so they're going to be so basically guess the same price. Seven nine nine five, yeah, <laughs> seven nine nine five so, is usually what it says. We'll we'll use this to segue into what we want to use as our main story today, which is um, picking a video camera from a guy who shoots up until this point, for at least for you know, I guess a year ago, basically stills, and that would be you. Car- Are you talking about me, Carmen talking about me so you um (laughs) you have you and another guy toby harriman my friend yeah toby relentlessly 
ask me about what to get what to get <laughs> because you feel like if you wait a month the answer changes everything changes yeah it does but, i feel like it does but catch this carabender no it does not the answer is still probably pretty much the same as it was the, the month before <sighs> because i do have a pretty good ear to the ground and i, I expect to know when a replacement's coming so like if you asked mm-hmm. me even seven months ago if you should buy a gh4 i would have told you no i would have told you to wait um, but if you're asking me now, you want you want Canon. You absolutely have to have Canon, but you don't want to go for a C series. You want to get a like a you know a smaller, more compact body. I would have a no qualms recommending the One DX Mark II. I would not recommend the Five D Mark IV. And I would say if you want to do stills, and, even with the firmware update on that Five Five D Mark IV, uh, again a month happened and something changed. Yeah, they, they added log to it. I still will say no. No, but the crop they uh, they improved the crop of uh, of the four K video. I will still say no. Because right. the dynamic range in video was so poor. Now the log might help, but I, I they don't they have they don't have any. Canon is supposed to send us one for review to take a look at. They're not ready to do that yet. So until I can use this, I still will not recommend it. Uh, if they do make it actually good, then you may only need to buy one camera. Right now, I would say you have to buy two cameras. You have to buy the five D Mark IV or a five D SR or and a one D X Mark II to get to cover the whole range of taking pictures and taking video. But you only cared about taking video. That's right. I, I just wanted a strictly video-only camera. Well, d- the d- other describe, thing I wanted... Describe like who, what you wanted to shoot and then your qualms about what to purchase. I guess I mostly just wanted um, video that I could... a uh, camera that I could use for YouTube and also for, uh, you know, talking head interviews for corporate stuff as well. Um, and, and just interviews in general. Uh, nothing too, like, but I want it to look kind of cinematic when I do shoot B-roll to to add with that kind of footage. But it was but my style is very much run and gun, which means I have to keep things small. Um, I want to keep things small. I don't want a cage. I don't want a whole rig that I have to lug around. I kind of want things as small as possible. So that's why I was not looking at anything like C200 level or anything like that. I mean, even a 1DX Mark II is too big for you, I think. I would say no. I think so, yeah. And mostly because, not just the body, but it is the... Like, if I just got that, then I would just live with a 24 to 105. Um, That's not a light setup. I use that. I actually use that a lot. It is is surprisingly... It's heavy. And what's the crop? What's the recording crop on the One DX Mark II? Is it full frame for four K? No, because um, I I can put my eighteen to thirty five Sigma on there and use it when I shoot four K. So, so it's close. Is it a super thirty five crop? Close to that. I don't remember what it is. Um, let me look it up while you continue to describe what you were looking for. Yeah, well, because because the whole point is, I, obviously, I want a, I love depth of field. I have already Leica M lenses, and ideally, I was actually maybe even it was it, for me. It came up to be. Uh, as somebody who already had a GH4, a GH3, I had a lot of Panasonic glass. That do I go GH5 or do I go full frame Sony like A7R2? Actually, not even the S2, the R2, because it has phase detection autofocus, unlike the S. And I could put my Leica lenses on the Sony and get full usage out of my Leica full frame Leica glass. And I could even put medium format glass in front of that and get great usage out of that. And you know, there's even a speed booster for. My um, medium format lens is made by Kaipon, Kipon. They make a product called the Bavise, which is basically medium format speed booster to full frame, which is pretty awesome. That means you can get medium format depth of field uh, on a full frame camera. And they make those adapters for Sony and for the Leica SL, which I which I do want to get. It's just a little, it's a little pricey. I think it's like a $500 adapter. 
but it makes it very interesting to be able to use older glass on full frame. So you were basically now, torn between Sony and, at this point now, yeah. Panasonic. Correct. And and again, the Panasonic, the you know, yeah, it's a half the size of the sensor, right? Because it's a micro four thirds. But with Metabone Speed Booster, I feel like that changed the game. Like you get, yes, you have, uh, you don't have good as ISO performance, but now with the Speed Booster, you gain maybe what, a stop and a half or so uh, of uh, light performance on lenses, which is great, especially with that Sigma 18 to 35, which is like a unicorn lens, if you will. Yeah, and, and, the, and the way you get around having, because when you stop down and you, or you stop up, you get an additional stop of light. Mm-hmm. That means you get yeah, you, do. you get less at the at the top though. That now if it's bright outside, your issue is I can't stop down far enough. As you get ND filters, exactly. For that. You, you just you just get that. a variable ND to fix that. Side. That's, That's an easier the problem easy, to solve. Exactly, easier to fix that. Yeah. Um, by the way, to answer a previous question, the 4K is a 1.3 crop factor on the. Oh, so that's a little bit. It's like APS-H. I think they call that APS-H yeah. crop factor. So it's it it's, it's good. And then the 1080, the good. 1080, I think, is full frame. Um, because I do recall that it pops way back out when I go into 1080. Yes. It's different. So the only camera in the game that records full, like you know, 35 millimeter full frame. 4K is the Sony A7S 2 Yeah, with no pixel binning or line skipping either. Correct. Um, Correct. And it's the only camera that does it. Now, the reason why I didn't want to go Sony, and it's a it's a big part of what we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Overheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the, the, the just that performance. The Mark II, the A7R Mark II. Um Yeah, it's overheating. And I've re- I've been to South by Southwest, and what I did to take notes is I just took my GH4. And I would just hit record and I just let it, you know, for however long the talk was, it's usually over an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And it would just record and then I would quickly just trim the videos and upload that to YouTube and then delete my files because YouTube, if you don't realize it, is free storage. <laughs> so I could record anything I want, toss it up there, free storage. Um, you could even, but you could I, even enable that, closed captioning and then get your notes off of that. There you go. I could do that, right? Or I could pay Fiverr to pay for that, but I don't even worry about that. But the point is that gh4 and gh5 they can record forever there's no 30 minute time limit and the batteries last forever Mm -hmm. and i never have to worry about overheating and even uh, i was using native glass i wasn't even using um micro four thirds glass so i had lots of depth of field which is what i wanted yeah i could feel that i would love to get a little bit more light i felt i was a little lower in the isos than i wanted to be but because i'm just watching for the content and learning it's not a cinematic production was was more than fine for what I needed it for. So that's kind of what it came down to. So you went and purchased the GH5. <sighs> I went and purchased a GH5 because of that. Because I just felt that the GH5 is a better video camera. It's a better at being a video camera than an A7R2 is. So will though, you feel buyer's remorse yeah. if in two or three months, Sony comes out with a new A7S, A7S3, and A7R3. They... they take their lessons learned from the uh, a9 and they put a larger beefier battery they make the camera take less power and they improve it so that it doesn't overheat in most cases um they make it so they make the autofocus as good as on the a9 but in video so that it never loses Mm -hmm. and can easily follow i have to say the a7 II, the regular one jaren i have a buddy who has that um and using it kind of like how I'm using a GH4 right now is using it as my webcam. Um, and I was impressed with its autofocus performance and its phase detect on that guy. So I'm even impressed with just a regular A7 II for video for autofocus. Um, and that's really, that's better than what I have now. And right now, I just leave everything on manual. Yeah. So with the, with the GH5 has very good autofocus. 
Yeah, I don't know how to set it up though, because there's so much drama on YouTube about how to get the right settings. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. I had mine just set to default, and it worked great. Really? Yeah. I don't know. But uh, to answer your question, would I feel buyer's remorse if Sony comes out with something that is? I don't know. I feel like that's a unicorn, Jaren, and I feel that would be amazing if they did. Let's put it this way: it would be amazing if they did, and I'd be more than happy to feel buyer's remorse if they do that because that it, that improves everything across the board. Like I'm a big fan of watching a new model come out let's say a 5d mark four and then all right great 5d mark threes are on sale like that's a great time to pick yeah, that you up you are I'm, that guy you're the guy who goes and buys I'm, the previous model the day they yeah, announce the new yeah. one i want to buy yesteryear's products like look i just bought an i bought a brand new ipad 4 80 bucks i love that thing and then and and it's not the latest but it is great enough and i'm using it as a teleprompter so that's i'm all about last year's tech very rarely will i buy brand new tech i know i mentioned I'm buying a new MacBook Pro. If you, very rarely, um, if you exclude Apple products, will you not buy new tech? Apple and maybe and I you know, bought the new Panasonic. Like I don't know, man. Your 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 little boat's full and filling with water here. <laughs> I know it is. I know. I know. But uh, it is. It is. That's what's happening. But just, just generally, when I was building my career, how about that? When I was building my career, I bought used up the wazoo, and I love buying used. I'm more than happy to buy used because more often than not, these things are built well. At least I at least I'm choosing things that are built well, and it's it allows my dollar to stretch further uh, and and i think people just get caught up with like oh you gotta get the latest yeah, and greatest they do get do caught that. up in that it's, that is very common yeah. so I, and i don't and i'm like you you guys are you guys are fools go buy that i don't want to buy your hand-me-downs or i'm gonna buy like i'm looking at 5d mark ii and i still think that's a super legit great camera if i needed a backup camera or a, any canon camera for whatever purpose i still think a 5d mark ii is really good because i can tether with that uh it's got video um, there's no sound large in the video, lens selection though. no sound on the video i'm pretty sure there's no sound on the video that's okay i got iphone and a, yeah. and a rode smart lab for that so, no no problem so knowing all this listeners yeah um i do want to encourage you if you are in this position where you're not sure what you're looking for if you want to describe to us what you are going for i think i mean we'll have to pick if we start getting volume <laughs> but if you if you send us your questions we'll pick the best ones and try and help you figure out what you're looking for because I think combined, our powers combined here, we have pretty good knowledge of just about every camera on the market. And then if Karaminder and I don't know, someone on the imaging resource staff does. And we'll. Oh, we'll I thought get you were going to say if I, you and I didn't know, then they're screwed. <laughs> no, we have other, we have someone on staff. Put it this way: on imaging resource, we review every single camera on the market. That mm-hmm. is insane, which means somebody on staff has shot with the camera that you're thinking you should be buying. If you have a question on, like, if you're stuck, you're in a quandary, um, pose it to us. We'll do what we can. Uh, just send us an email, podcast at imaging-resource.com. Um, I was wanting to have this conversation with Karen Minder about what camera he was going to buy before he actually went out and bought the camera. But, yeah, but no, I bought it. news got away from us for the past few weeks, and he went out and got it anyway. He made the decision on his own. The one thing I also did like, Jaren, is the XLR1 interface Yeah, um, the, the, for the GH5 compared to a previous generation. Yeah. And that makes, I feel that was huge because um, I know Sony has something similar too, which was also very compelling. But I love being able to just throw in XLR, um, my lav mics or Sennheisers, right? So they have XLR connections and boom, good to go with two two people mic or two lav mics and so compact. The battery grip is huge because, and this didn't happen with the GH4, it does happen with the GH5, is the camera will use the battery grip battery and exhaust that first. And it's, and the moment it's dead, immediately switches over to the internal battery without losing your recording, without stopping your recording, which wasn't true on the GH4. 
And then that means you can eject the battery out, put in a fresh battery. The camera will then seamlessly switch back to the battery grip battery. So that you can basically hot swap till your heart's content. You can hot swap until, yeah, and you can hot swap memory cards too for recording video. You can record video forever if you're, if you set it up right, which I don't know how many people have that need, but very few. Um, very few. I've been in a situation when I was at South by Southwest, I wanted to exhaust, like the battery gives you like one third, two thirds, th- you know, three thirds full meter, which is like, that's not enough to tell you. And so uh, my battery grip battery died and, and then I, it like flashed off and then it came back on and then I had to hit recording. And I'm like, Arr, broke my recording. Arr. Don't do that. This is with your GH4. GH4, yes. GH5 now. They didn't do that. Okay. It can just record forever, which I love. If you want to have these peripherals to make the camera larger, if you have the ability to have a larger camera where you don't need it to be so compact, you can. However, you don't have to. With with your battery thing, the internal battery will last like something like a little over two hours recording at the highest uh, quality mm-hmm. internally. Mm-hmm. And if you would just want to use the mic input you can do that too if you don't want the necessarily need the high quality audio from XLR. So that's what makes the GH5 so compelling is that it can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, and they did make significant improvements to ISO and all that sorts of stuff. Oh, by the way, I have to correct myself. There's another camera that does full frame 4K recording. You know, I'm pop quizzing you, Jen. You don't know? Mm. Is it the... Leica, um, what's their full frame? M something or other? SL. 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 Yes. The Leica SL does 4K full frame. By the way, I just think that thing is like a full frame GH4. Does it pixel bin and line skip though? I bet it does. Oh yeah, it does because it's a 24 megapixel sensor. Yeah. But um, it must do it at a, because 24 is exactly double than 12. I don't know how it does it. It must do something. I don't know. But uh, I also... It thought about that camera but because the the lens on it is fanta- fantastic you can get with it but um it's just a little too heavy it's a little too heavy it's great though when it's full frame and i can use all my like m glass we gotta we gotta wrap it up we're going long here so uh thank you everyone for listening this week if you have any questions we would really love to hear them um, I am going to address one uh, email that I, I, I get, and I want you to know that Ooh, I am listening. We got email. Uh, yeah, we got email. I, I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, it's one one of our listeners wants our uh, audio to be leveled a little better. So. so we've been inundated by one listener telling us to Fix level our audio. So I hear you. I'm working on it. That's right. Hopefully this sounds. Hopefully chair. this sounds better this week. And yes. if it doesn't, keep emailing me in, until it sounds good. Um, hook us up with an audio engineer so we can figure (laughs) out our problems Uh, all right so with that said there is nothing else this week to talk about everyone thank you very much for joining us if you have any questions email us at podcast at imaging-resource.com love emails or you can tweet to us directly uh, to me at jaron schneider and to caraminder at caraminder love tweets thanks guys catch you all next week bye